in business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you want to get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now. It's called PrimeFlow. PrimeFlow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With PrimeFlow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future and once people do business with each other that you've connected you can then get your fee through PrimeFlow. in a world dominated by excel and old crms products like PrimeFlow are a godsend so thank you so much PrimeFlow, for sponsoring this episode of forward thinking founders if you want to build a relationship driven business and build an agency around your network you need PrimeFlow. go to primeflow.com or just email me matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately that's primeflow.com or email me at matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter primeflow.com build a relationship driven business All right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Pooja Balachander, who's the founder of Devi. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing what you're working on. For people that don't know what Debbie is or haven't heard of it, can you share what are you working on? Sure. So Debbie is a digital coach that helps parents of toddlers and preschoolers to understand and manage their children's behavior. And so, we do that through an app, yeah. sorry. No, 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 you're good, you're good. So let's say I was a, um, let's say I was a parent, which I'm not, but you know, in the next, you know, 10 years I probably will be. Um, and I had, you know, I, I had kids. Um, can you kind of walk me through how I could use this, you know, some of the features, things like that? Yeah, so most of the time parents come to Debbie with some sort of behavioral challenge in mind. So whether that's their child is throwing tantrums or they're having trouble with fussy eating or they're not going to sleep or whatever it is, there's some sort of behavioral challenge that a parent comes in with. What happens then is that uh, they come into Debbie, they download the app, they create a profile. The profile is really simple. We just ask for the names and the ages of the the age of the child. Um, They then come in, Debbie asks them about their challenge. So based on it's a tantrum, then Debbie asks a few follow-up questions, kind of understand the context a little better. So for example, with a tantrum, we might ask if it started recently or it's been happening for a while or if there's been a major change in your in your child's routine recently 
questions like that, then we give pretty specific advice based on that kind of situation. Over time, then Debbie kind of follows up and messages the parent uh, to to both be sort of a source of accountability to ask how that thing is going, how responding differently is kind of going, uh, but also to get the parent feedback to understand whether that thing is working for them or not, and if not, to provide an alternative. Then over time, after that sort of first issue is resolved, uh, we introduce positive parenting habits, so things that parents can do every day that are proven to reduce challenging behaviors in general, and also at the same time introduce things like activities and little tips that parents can use to encourage their children's social and emotional development and improve that sort of emotional resilience and build their child's toolkit for really managing those emotions well over time. Wow, this is this is incredible. I feel like this is, you know, extremely useful to parents. I'd love to hear kind of back up a little bit. Um, why did you decide to start this and kind of what's the origin of the story for Debbie? Yeah, so basically before I started Debbie, I spent around five years uh, in civic tech working on building products and services that would support parents and families. So I worked in the last couple of years of the Obama administration and then in the World Bank in Madagascar to basically change effectively parenting behaviors to support them in, uh, in encouraging their children's development. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of the work that I, the, the work that I was doing, I found that parents were really missing this kind of preventive holistic support uh, and instead, we're really only being given services or resources when they were at a point of crisis. So for example, especially in the US, I was working in mostly the foster care system and every single parent whom I spoke to whose child had actually been taken away um, would talk about a time often during the early years when they tried, they reached out for help and there was nothing available. And so, um, that was kind of the inspiration behind Debbie was that I wanted to make something that was positive, that was holistic, that was preventative, that was radically sort of accessible to every family, which is why we've gone sort of the automated route. Um, and when I started actually building it, what I learned was that, especially in families where there's stress, children actually have more behavioral challenges and parents tend to respond more harshly and that makes those behavioral challenges worse and at the very least it causes a lot of stress and annoyance and uh, dissatisfaction in parenting within the home but at its worst it can lead to abuse and neglect down the road and so really that was kind of the after working for five years and sort of building these products and advising on policies that would support these families i thought okay it's time to go fill the gap myself yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love I love that story. And in regards to building out the product, I'm kind of curious, this might be like a naive question, because like, you know, I'm not a parent, but is there kind of a point where you feel like, like you've built out all of the scenarios, the content that you need, and then it's just about growth? Or is it, is it an ever growing, like content database and tip database for parents? I guess, how do you think about covering all you know potential challenges that a parent could have and like how do you even supposed to think of any potential challenge how do you think about that yeah i mean all the time there are so many challenges that come up that we just never realized were as common as they are or they are genuinely kind of an edge case and so one of the ways that we've been able we've been dealing with that has been 
often a lot of that variation comes from individual parental context, right? So for example, a parent the other day was asking about behavioral challenges because one of her child children has special needs and the other one doesn't and the younger one who doesn't have special needs is the one that has tantrums and this sort of thing she thinks it's because of attention but she doesn't know what to do so in that sort of situation it's quite difficult to create sort of like generalized content for you know for that situation and so what we've done now is we've actually brought sort of humans into the loop where we get parents to answer some questions and get an expert to actually put together a plan that would then feed back into parents. And actually very organically, that kind of became sort of what the premium sort of feature of Debbie might actually look like. And over time, I think that that hopefully even that starts to converge as well. Like we start to see that, uh, you know, multiple parents have that kind of need and we already sort of have a plan. So, you know, my hypothesis and hope is that there is like a finite amount of content out there that you need to sort of develop in this area, but we certainly haven't hit that point yet. And our objective right now, so we're starting with behavior because that's where we've seen the need is the greatest and the most urgent, but we are planning on expanding sort of the age range that we cover from pregnancy to eight years old because children's brain plasticity sort of significantly reduces after eight. Um, and to cover like a far wider range of challenges as well. So not just behavioral challenges, but also things around sleep, around eating, around uh, pre-academic skills, like these sorts of things that we haven't really touched yet. So I think to be honest, it will probably err on the side of the infinitely expanding, but uh, hopefully within each of those topics, we start to hit some sort of convergence point. And as you build Debbie out, um, obviously, you know, you're helping parents learn and improve, but I'm sure you're learning a ton uh, yourself in the process. We'd love to hear what have been some things that you've learned as you've built out Debbie, whether it could be about the content you're putting out, it could be about company building, fundraising, anything you want, but what, what have you learned as you've been on this journey with Debbie? Oh, man. I mean, like the number one thing I've learned is that like the product is the easy part. <laughs> Um, and the people are certainly the hard part. Um, so definitely, you know, building the team, finding the right people around you, coming to the right, you know, making the right decisions early on, you know, listening to advisors. There's been just so much, um, yeah, so much learning on that side and kind of understanding how to manage relationships. To be honest, I don't think I ever had kind of like an interpersonal conflict at work until this uh, experience that I've had more than I've interpersonal conflict in general <laughs> that I've sort of ever had. And I think that that it's actually been really helpful for me because I'm kind of a non-confrontational person in general. Um, and it's really forced me to sort of not be that way, which has been really helpful. Um, other things that I've sort of learned have been about the product and, and the users in particular. So for example, when we did our user research, one of the first things that we learned was that, you know, this being of that parenting being such a, I also, so before I, I guess I should caveat this, I am also not personally a parent. I worked in this area for a long time, which is where I saw the gap and everything. But basically I didn't, I, I didn't quite realize just how sort of judged parents felt on a daily basis and what a big kind of like driver of behavior that was. And so 
providing this really non-judgmental, reassuring, trusted tone of everything that we were doing became so important so early on. Um, another really important and really interesting finding that we had was like in one of our early prototypes, we had sort of an automated bot, but a human escalation feature. And what we found was that almost none of the parents in our group actually used the human escalation where they could talk to a person if they had a question. Um, and when we asked them kind of why, they said that they felt like they had built up sort of a relationship with the bot that they didn't, they didn't have the same relationship with the person. And so they didn't feel as comfortable asking questions and that sort of thing. So it was just kind of crazy to me, the understanding that, you know, that relational element was so important in, in who gives that advice and how it comes across and that it doesn't need to be with a person. It can actually be like, you can kind of develop that relationship with, in this case, I suppose, uh, an automated bot and eventually hopefully a slightly more intelligent automated bot. But yeah, just like uh, um, another like really interesting insight was actually from we, we launched our beta right around the time when COVID, when the lockdown basically started. Um, and what we found was that almost 80% of like the 700 something parents that were using Debbie ended up on behavior like they started they they were talking specifically about tantrums and that actually you know led us to pivot and focus specifically on behavior and social emotional development instead of this sort of wider range that we were initially doing so tons of learning like that about the product in particular but i'd say like the number one thing has been around the team and um, finding those right people and not being sort of afraid of the awkward conversations because it leads to much more awkward conversations down the road Definitely. It's like, it's slightly slippery slope there, which I, which I totally agree with. How, how do you think about like even spreading this out, right? Like you, you, your market is huge, right? There's like so many people that could use this who, who like, I guess who, how do you figure out who to target? Do you target any parent within this, you know, age range of kids? Are you specifically like in certain geographies? How do you know who to target here? Yeah. So we certainly started, uh, more the former, right? Just kind of like sprayed it and saw what, saw what, who kind of like bit. And what we saw was who the parents that were sort of the most engaged and had the most urgent challenge around this were first time moms of toddlers and preschoolers who had kind of a behavioral challenge that were, they were, you know, dealing with in the moment and often were doing so without a lot of financial or social support. So support in general, because there were parents that, for example, like I would, I would do user research interviews with moms who would talk about how, um, you know, they have a partner, but the partner doesn't like do a whole lot of the caregiving because they're always working or whatever it is, or, you know, they were working themselves as well. Uh, and their partner was working and it was just really difficult because it felt like a lot of the caregiving responsibility was on, one partner and not the other so there was like even and and there were other situations where for example a parent was a recent immigrant and felt like quite disconnected from their previous sort of support system that they had in their home country um, so really interesting kind of situations for how and why people felt that they weren't very supported but that seems to be like a huge reason why parents tend to use debbie more um, so i'd say like if we're getting very kind of specific that is a that's like kind of one element in which we've been able to be super specific although we're still figuring out sort of how to target that very specific persona well um 
In terms of geography, right now we're focused on the US uh, and UK, uh, starting with the UK in particular. And in part, that's just because, you know, we happen to start here. We have some partnerships with Oxford Department of Education, and we have some um, exciting partnerships with, you know, family charities and uh, organizations here who um, have been really helpful distribution partners. And so that's part of the reason why we decided to say we decided to start here. Our next target market is sort of the US, kind of for obvious reasons, lots of parents, lots of spending power, you know, every, uh, um, and then, but then the next, our, our actual ambitions are to be much more global. So we do see this as something that, for example, even when I was in Madagascar, we used to do text messaging uh, reminders for uh, to get for mothers to get their children vaccinated on the at the right schedule. So I think there's certainly potential for actually scaling Debbie down to something that could be accessed by a text message and up to something you know accessed by a voice or something that would actually expand our market even more and potentially make it larger as well. And then if you were to kind of you're thinking you know a bit tactical here if you were to zoom out to a 10,000 foot view and look at look at the company um what do you think it could look like in five ten years I guess in other words what's your big vision and what direction are you rowing in yeah so I think the dream is that you know an excited sort of parent to be would be at their first prenatal appointment and their doctor would say oh congratulations you should download Debbie um you know, it'll be with, it'll be a great resource and be with you through your child's eighth birthday. Um, and parents are genuinely sort of introduced that early on and Debbie really becomes part, like a ubiquitous part of sort of the parenting journey globally. So that's like very much the huge ambitious vision. I think part of the way that we do that is potentially by working with governments, potentially by working with healthcare. So, or, I mean, we, we, we think that basically that would be the way to spread it long-term. Um, but yeah, I think that's sort of the direction in which we're rowing is to really cover that much broader age range, cover a much cover for more platforms. So like I said, from text message to it's a smartphone to voice, um, being much more global, kind of integrating into that health journey of new parents that every kind of new parent sort of goes through. Um, yeah, and, and, and really being a universal parenting support service. And to make it happen, you'll, you'll need some help, right? And you got all these uh, people listening to the podcast that are here. They know the question's coming and they're ready to help. So my question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you looking for people to use your product? You're looking for customers, investors, you know, employees? How can the community assist? Yeah, so a few things. One is we're certainly, um, we're, we're currently raising our pre-seed round. We just opened it a couple of weeks ago. I'm on a steep learning curve. So if you're a founder that's done that before, especially in, direct, in, in consumer tech um, or an investor who might be interested, then please, please reach out. Uh, other than that, uh, also as part of this raise or like our, our next step, we will be hiring a marketing person for the first time. So really excited. If that's something that sounds interesting, please, please do reach out. And yes, definitely in terms of, uh, testing the product, giving feedback, especially if you happen to be the parent of a two to five year old, please give it a try. And, uh, we, we would really appreciate your critical feedback because we are in beta. That's what, um, that's like the most valuable thing ever. 
And then for my final question, if someone wanted to reach out um, or learn more, what's your website URL or do you have an email they could, they could reach out to you? Do you have social media? How can someone get in touch if they want to? Yes, all of the above. So uh, website is deviecoach.com, D-E-V-I-E-C-O-A-C-H.com. Uh, all one word, no caps. Um, with email, it's Pooja, P-U-J-A, my first name, at deviecoach.com, same as the URL. Um, if you look on Instagram, it's devi.coach. On Twitter, it's deviecoach with a capital D and a capital C, all one word. Um, yes, and also on Facebook, we are also deviecoach, so similar to Twitter. So any and all of those ways are, are wonderful ways to reach out. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for happening, ha having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising raising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCS and talk one-on-one -on -one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.